Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. Works of the flesh, as explained in the Bible in great detail, and it is something that we are not supposed to do. Although in my opinion, when you read the works of the flesh, it is really common sense that they are bad for you, but they are also behaviors that so many people display on a regular basis and cannot control. There are some people who legit will try to argue with me about the works of the flesh and tell me that they are okay to do when they can just go ahead and read the Bible for themselves. If you are a reader of my blog, I say it time and time again, that if you are not able to control your flesh, then your flesh will control you. And most people don't care, nor do they even know why this is significant. But leave it up to me to tell you in a straightforward way, and you need to control the works of the flesh for your own good. Before we get into the post, check out my video down below that I did, which is a video series on understanding how the devil works and specifically where I talk about how they're correlated to the works of the flesh. You can watch my video down below and also don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel by clicking the link down below. These are the 17 works of the flesh and their meanings. Meaning people do not understand the works of the flesh or they do not want to let go of the works of the flesh. In my blog, Can a Married Man Fall in Love with His Mistress, which you can click the link down below to read, I specifically said that an affair is the works of, a fl of the flesh. And you would not believe how many people argued me down about this statement. But it is. Like legit, the Bible specifically, in very great detail, says adultery is works of the flesh. Now understand this. You have the freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do, but you cannot say that you did not know and you cannot say that no one told you. Instead, say you know and you choose not to follow if that is what you choose to do. Now check out the following Bible verses. Now the practices of sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, adultery, sorcery, idolatry, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissension, fractions, that promotes heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19-21. An additional verse that you can refer to when it comes to the works of the flesh that you can also check out the following Bible verse. And as an additional tidbit, I personally always recommend the Amplified Bible to get a full understanding of what each verse means, you can click the link down below to get the Amplified Bible that I read from. For from within, that is, out of the hearts of men, come base and malevolent thoughts and schemes, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, adulterous acts of greed, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, unrestraint conduct, envy, and jealousy, slander and profanity, arrogance and self-righteousness and foolishness, poor judgment, all of these evil things, schemes, and desires come from within and defile and dishonor man. Mark seven twenty one through 23 When you read the above verses and count them, there are about 17 of works of the flesh, but I'm not going to go through each and every one of them. The works of the flesh can really be broken down into sections for the most part, and that is how I will discuss them. First, sexual sin. 
Committing adultery is wrong and having sex outside of marriage is wrong. There, I said it. I know as a single mom, you are wondering how can I judge you, but I'm not judging you. I have had sex many times and then God started to convict me about it. Being a person is not about being perfect, but it is at least putting forth the effort and trying to change certain things about yourself. And me becoming celibate after being sexually active was one of those things, which I have a separate blog post on it. You can click the link down below to read that. I know that it was wrong, and even though I like sex, it really did come down to me listening to God or listening to what satisfies my flesh. In this case, sex, hence works of the flesh. Now, I'm going to break down each works of the flesh when it comes down to sexual sin because the Bible is very, very strict on what is considered sexual sin. As you can see in the above Bible verse, adultery, meaning sleeping with someone's spouse, is one. Also, you can lack self-control and you are acting irresponsibly meaning that you're just having sex with anyone and everyone with no care in the world, with no protection, and even on the first night sometimes. Both are irresponsible, and this shows that you're lacking self-control. Now, what does the Bible say? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his known. So then honor and glorify God with your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20. I actually spoke about this in my video where I talked about lust. I highly encourage you to watch it below because it talks about lust and how it's related to the works of the flesh. But yes, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And when you are sexually immoral, not only are you sinning against your own body, but also against God's spirit. And that sounds a lot like a big offense, that if you are sexual or moral, God is in there watching you. And think of it like that. Scary, right? And of course, as stated in the above scripture, 1 Peter 4, 3, you should not be having orgies, drinking parties, allowing people to run trains on you, none of that. And according to the Bible, even when you look at someone with lust, that is the same as having sex with them. But I say to you that everyone who so much as looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5, 28. I know that this seems harsh and none of us are perfect, but I do think that if you try, then God will meet you halfway. I suffer from lust and I healed myself through fasting in three days, which I have an entire separate blog post on that that you can read by clicking the link down below. This was a helpful spiritual experience for me because in a sense that I could see how much my flesh struggled against what God wanted and when I got control over it, I was able to be celibate and I did not realize how much it controlled me. Sometimes we normalize these things when really they're just wrong and we can control them. Sexual immorality creates soul ties, which I have a separate blog post on and a video down below on where I talk about how it can create a lot of issues for you. For even though they knew God is the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. Romans 1.21 Therefore, God gave them over in lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, abandoning them to degrading power of sin. Because by choice they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creatures rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Romans 1, 24 through 25. If you respect God, then respect your body and understand that when you give in to sexual immorality, then you are giving in to the things that are not of God. Being morally bad, doing all things of shameful things, causing trouble, causing people to argue, dividing people in separate groups and hating people. God knows your heart. God knows if you are trying to be nice and he knows if you are trying to start trouble. 
You can pretend to be whatever you want to be on the outside, but God knows your true intentions. He knows if you're trying to get someone fired or you're trying to cause division. I think that is the biggest trap that Christians can fall into because when someone does us wrong, it is much easier for us to want to get back at them, to wish harm on them, or to even go about creating our own plan to get back at them. All are works of the flesh, or even if we do not like someone, it is easier to want to start drama, but don't do it. These things are works of the flesh and these are the things that God does not approve of. Do not try to justify in your mind why you are going around wreaking havoc on people's lives then trying to convince yourself they deserve it. Even if they do deserve it, that is for God to sort out, not you. Stop trying to cause division. Stop trying to talk behind people's back. Stop trying to gossip and backstab. Even if someone is being mean to you, the best thing that you can do is repay evil for kindness and love your enemies even if they hate you. When you really are nice to your enemies, you are choosing to bless yourself, which you can click the link down below to read my blog on this topic. If you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Luke 6.32 It is very easy to come for people who come for you, but it takes a lot of self-control acting against your own flesh to always maintain your composure and to act like you have some sense in your head, not to be argumentative, loud, or combative. These are the things that you can learn to control over time. I'm a big fan of learning how to have self-control, controlling your tongue, which I have a separate blog post on, and you can click the link down below to read that, and controlling your emotions, which I have a separate blog post on, and you can click the link down below to read that. Once you have control over yourself and the way that you behave towards other people, that is when you have mastered life. Works of the flesh being angry or selfish. There's a Bible verse that says being angry gives a strong foothold to the devil, which you can click my link down below to read my blog on how to recognize the works of the devil. If you read the account of Satan when he got cast out of heaven in Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19, verse 17 states, Your heart was proud and arrogant because of your beauty. You destroyed your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you down to the ground and lay you before the kings that they might look at you. Ezekiel 28, 17. The devil was arrogant, selfish, and angry, and it caused him to be cast out of heaven. Anger and being selfish are not of God. God commands us to love him first, then, then each other, and selfishness is the opposite of that. Only thinking about yourself and being angry against someone means that you're angry against the same person or people you are required to love. It is not a sin to feel angry, as Jesus got angry once when they were turning the church into a marketplace, but he didn't stay angry, and no one is asking you to be a robot. Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice and ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. Ephesians 4.26 People get angry, Jesus got angry, and even God got angry, but do not allow the anger to lead you into arguments, fights, and just doing something that's out of character. And do not let the sun set on your anger because harboring it can lead you to sin. Works of the flesh, getting drunk and having wild parties. Notice that this does not say drinking and going to a party. At the end of the day, Jesus performed his first miracle, turning water into wine at a wedding, which was a party. God does not want you to go around living a boring life and not being able to do anything. But having a drink at a friend's party is one thing. Getting so drunk that you black out and go to a sex party to have an orgy is another. You have to watch the company you keep. You can go out with people that will not get you drunk, throwing up and passed out on the pavement. You can go to parties that are not going to have drugs and a whole lot of illegal activity going on. It's not to say that you don't drink or party. It's just to say don't do it in excess. When you're drunk and out of control, that means you lack self-control. 
One of the fruits of the Spirit is controlling yourself. That is important to God and our behaviors as humans. And think about it. When you are drunk, does any good come from that? Most of the time, no. We hear more stories of people getting drunk and passing out and not remembering anything, drunk drivers hurting and killing people, and if the actions causes you to issue pain against others, remember that is the whole against love your neighbor as yourself, that thing that God wants us to do. It is the works of the flesh and not good for you. Also, you can check out my video down below on how to be on your grown woman status and put away childish things. Works of the flesh, being jealous and being filled with envy. I have a blog about dealing with jealous people and being jealous towards people, which you can click the link down below to read. Jealousy is a terrible thing to have and it really goes along the idea of coveting. When you choose to be jealous, you are choosing to tell God that you are not satisfied with the portion that he has given you. You are choosing to say that what you want is something that someone else has. And you are choosing not to trust God to give it to you. You are your, your own unique blessing that for some reason or another that you need to get mad at someone else. If not dealt with, envy and all the works of the flesh can turn into something more. It leads Cain to kill Abel. And the Lord had respect in regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no respect. So Cain became extremely angry, indigent, and he looked annoyed and hostile. Genesis 4, 4-5 through Cain talked with his brother Abel about what God said, and when they were done alone working in the field, Cain attacked Abel his brother and killed him. Genesis 4, 8. When these emotions run so deep they get out of control, they can cause you to do things that you will regret in the long run. Not just with jealousy, but with all the works of the flesh. Notice that even Cain had anger, which also turned into hate, which caused him to murder. Going back why you can't let anger fester. Works of the flesh, worshiping false gods, and taking a part in witchcraft. This one is pretty self-explanatory. As a Christian, you can't serve two gods. You cannot place voodoo hexes on people and start worshiping the sun and calling yourself a witch. This part is obvious. But as a Christian, what other false gods do you believe in? For rebellion is serious as the sin of divination, fortune telling, and disobedience is as if serious as false religion and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of God, he has also rejected you. 1 Samuel 15, 23. Do not turn to mediums or seek spiritualists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19.31 and I know that you may be thinking that they were prophets in the Bible foretelling the future, but they asked the Holy Spirit. And for many of the other mediums, who knows what they were channeling? It could be the devil and his demons for all you know. False gods can be anything that you love more than God. For some people, it's money. Some people worship money so much that they are willing to kill for it. Is it your clothes, your relationship, your man? What is it? Anything that you love so much that is taking the place of God is an idol. It is a false God that you are choosing to worship that is taking the place of God. And again, once again, that is works of the flesh. What does God say about committing these works of the flesh? I warn you now as I warned you before, the people who do these things will not have a part in God's kingdom. It sounds harsh, doesn't it, that God is willing to condemn you to hell for doing something that we have more than likely all done? But fear not because there's hope. Let's talk about Jesus. Case in point, Jesus. That is why Jesus came to this earth, so that we can repent of our sins and be forgiven. But I must tell you that you cannot use the grace of God as some crutch to allow you to openly sin and plead the blood of Jesus at night, knowing full and well tomorrow you're going to do the same thing. It simply doesn't work like that. 
Repent, but truly repent. Do not repent because it is something you should do knowing you are not going to stop your sinning. I'm convinced that this is something God takes a personal offense to, using his grace as an excuse to openly sin in his face. No one who abides in him who remains united in fellowship with him deliberately and knowingly and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sin has seen him or known him. 1 John 3, 6. Grace does not cover you sinning in God's face because you do not want to try to control yourself or do better. That's just being lazy. And of course, the opposite of the works of the flesh is fruits of the spirit, which I will list down below. And I have a separate blog post on that you can click the link down below to read. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsible to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard to God and his precepts. For the sinful nature has its desires, which oppose to the spirit and the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature of these to the sinful nature and the spirit are the direct opposition to each other continuously in conflict so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissension, fractions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you before, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity and godly character and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians 5, 16-26. Also, you can check out my video down below where I talk more about how you can practice the fruits of the Spirit. I know this is a lot, but it's easy to talk about what you should not be doing, but if you don't know what you should be replacing it with, then you are going to be running in circles, not really knowing what the heck you should be doing. As Christians, we're made to stand out and do the right things in the eyes of God and do things that the world may not even understand or call us foolish for, like turning the other's cheek instead of smacking someone in the face out of anger. But you have to decide who do you belong to, God of the world. If you know someone who could use this information, then please share it with them. And also, please consider checking out my ebook on spiritual fasting that's only 99 cents that will tell you everything that you need to know about spiritual fasting and how it can help you get closer to God. Just click the link down below to buy.